Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is Faves, an upbeat talk show where the guests choose the topic. And in this episode, that's a Christmas movie. Dale Andrews is a long-retired podcaster that still gets the itch now and then to fire up the mics. We podcasted together for over 300 episodes at Paper Keg, and now our love of Chevy Chase has brought us back together. We chose to discuss Christmas Vacation to follow up our recent European Vacation episode. You've probably seen the cable TV version of this movie many times, but for us, going back to rewatch it made us feel like we were Clark W. Griswold. He just wants to get through the holiday and not have his family kill each other. Just get the lights on the house working. That's it. Join us as we talk about this movie, Black Friday deals, and much more. Enjoy. Thirty minutes in, I thought I was primed and ready to celebrate the season. Marty Moose eggnog glass in hand, and uh, I didn't last but thirty. Maybe the uh, you know the uh, this the store shopping lingerie scene. Maybe a little bit past that before cousin Eddie showed up. <laughs> definitely, you held out for the lingerie scene. Yeah, with, with nervous Chevy Chase. Yeah, I, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was a uh, mandatory, had to get that in and anything after that, you know, I could fall asleep and, and catch up on it again when my kids were around. I was watching, this is the first time of the year, first time this year that I'd watched it. And we, I think we rekindled our love affair with Chevy Chase during your last episode for European vacation, just an underrated comedian. Yeah. Yeah, from this era, the uh, the ruminations that we had, Fireside, Paseco Lake. I mean, if that's not going to rekindle the love for Chevy Chase, you know will. what will? What will? So you know when it looks like we may never address the very first uh, movie in the in the Vacation franchise, you had the great idea. Christmas time. Let's do Christmas vacation. How could Bonus. how could we say no? My God, Chris! Uh, you know, if all goes according to plan, this episode should drop at the very latest Christmas Eve. You know, you're just trying to you're trying to make ends meet Christmas Eve, dreading the upcoming holiday with your family. Mm-hmm. You need an escape. You have yeah. aunts and uncles criticizing facial hair. Uh, they always sit in the couch that my old cat probably peed in and they're, you know, as soon as I sit down, like puffs of stain cloud waft up <laughs> that because the cat couch only gets sat in once a year. Tis the season, Aunt Rosa. <laughs> Criticize my beard. The first two minutes of this movie when they're in the car, in the station wagon going to get the tree. I first of all I love Chevy's singing voice. I think it's amazing. Yeah, when he like when he in, intends on singing, like steps it up. His jovial his joviality and his wife supporting him in his singing. Ellen. There was the one thing I wrote for later in the episode, but I felt like there wasn't enough Ellen in this movie. She didn't have like 
a C or a D plot at all. She flipped, she like plugged in the lights. You know, that was <laughs> yeah. like her big scene in this movie. I was kind of bummed. Yeah, that's true. Ellen Griswold. <laughs> she didn't even have like, I don't even remember the kind of like sexy scene between the two of them, you know, where they're like laying there, you know, the fire is reborn between them. Right. But something like comes in and distracts. It didn't happen in this one. Right. Like after some turmoil. Or some uh, problem they find, you know, they find each in each other's arms again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't a, there wasn't anything like that. Probably because uh, the whole family showed up to stay with them for ten days. It was December fourteenth when their I, family showed up to stay with them. I couldn't believe it. I looked on the calendar. This like the I think the first time I noticed them using the advent calendar, it was December eighteenth. And I was like, December eighteenth, my God! Still seven and it, days been, away. They were there even longer. Still seven days away. It's December eighteenth. What is going on? Why would you ever allow relatives to stay that long with you? That is a long time. It's not like they're from another country. Such a long time to be crammed in that house. They're all sitting in the tiniest living room. Mm. In existence, they could, you know, they could build a living room set bigger than the living room that they had. <laughs> it was like carved out right inside that. Uh, it was like a sitting room, I guess. But at one point, Johnny Galecki was watching TV when everybody started knocking on the door. When was the first time you saw this movie, you think? Yeah, it was probably like 90, 91, maybe 89, mm. somewhere around there. I definitely remember seeing it then. And, uh, my love only grows for it. You know what I mean? It's a great movie. It's a great, like as soon as the movie starts and the song starts, it's like, Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. And it's, I, I probably spent a good hour trying to find, trying to buy that song digitally. Did you see the Wikipedia entry about the, soundtrack to this film no i did not tell me there is an alleged run of 20 you know maybe like twenty thousand copies of a cd for this soundtrack limited edition and it was given out for sale at six flags one year <laughs> and they only sold five thousand copies <laughs> and further research seems to indicate it could be a counterfeit deal because like one Christmas song on the album is from Home Alone and isn't from <laughs> Christmas Vacation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Six Flags always looking for an angle, obviously. <laughs> trying to nickel and dime you for whatever they can. As indicated by uh, Clark W. Griswold's Tasmanian Devil coffee mug. Total, like, total cahoots with Six Flags. Chevy Chase, I was watching this and I felt like an even deeper connection with Chevy and I think we touched on this during the European vacation episode, but we've grown to the point where we've become Chevy Chase in these movies. Like we have like that, we talked about a different appreciation for Chevy, but he's just, I mean, through the whole, the whole cut of the movie, it actually is just super positive. I don't mean to fast forward to the end, but mm-hmm. he goes through all this stuff with the family, all the strife, with his job and the last scene is him looking out at the you know shooting star and the last line is him just saying i did it 
And then the movie ends. And I was like, I couldn't remember. I didn't remember that that was the last scene of the movie, but he's just like the everyman yeah. dad family guy. And it's just so well done. Like, yeah, that last scene where everybody goes back in the house, it was like, I probably paid attention more to it this time than ever watching it before because the credits are kind of rolling. But he's just standing out there and that, that nasty dog that he hate, like half hated <laughs> through the whole movie is like looking up at him. And then he eventually just like, bends over and pets the dog and they're just he's just like soaking it in after like an event filled evening you mm-hmm. know that was all building up it's probably just like the release of endorphins and the whatever like high he's yeah. riding after that and it all came together for him you know what i mean like all the crap he put up with and and put himself through mm-hmm. but yeah. You're, yeah you're right like we are that we're in, like make, going full circle. Yeah, we're going full circle with the character in these movies. And I feel like, I honestly couldn't remember probably any of the original Vacation. Hopefully, maybe that'll be another episode down the line. But yeah. the Christmas Vacation, and maybe just because we're so close to the holidays now when we're recording this. But I just see all of this happening. You know, him looking for an escape. Him just, I mean, just putting up Christmas lights. And yeah. the like the shot of him putting the ladder up, uh, he gets up there and the ladder slides down, like undoes itself and he, he right. you know, avoids disaster. And it's just him looking left to right to see if anyone noticed that he just slid down a ladder and almost died and that he just continues going back about his business. It's so funny because, you know, you don't appreciate or know that you've become Clark until you're old enough to become Clark. Like, you just can't put yourself in that mindset when you're a teenager or early 20-year-old without a wife or kids. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, so you never know that feeling until you, like, eventually just possess that feeling and you can't put that, you know, genie back in the bottle now. It's like, now you're Clark. And that's This is the way it is now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you yeah. can't look at it from another side now a different a different angle unless you know you become clark's dad eventually and get two lines in the movie or (laughs) whatever well i wonder um was the vegas vacation do you have you ever seen vegas vacation because he was like older in that did he play a grandfather in that movie because i feel like having seen this there should be or should have been a you know third generation version of of clark where he's like super old and we'll be able to appreciate that later yeah, right. Yeah, the the only one where he's got a third generation is when is the the new vacation movie with Ed Helms. Oh um, yeah. But he's a, in only at the very end. Um Vegas Vacation is Russ Rusty and Audrey, but they're like 20 years old, 19 or 20, like Rusty's not old enough to gamble yet, but hilarity ensues. Funny enough, you know, legacy friends of Paper Keg will know Vegas Vacation is where I first heard Patrick Hernandez is born to be alive. <laughs> so I, I always didn't have a remember that factoid. I thought you were about to say Vegas Vacation is where I lost my virginity. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. Some of the notes that I put down as I was rewatching it, um, you know, just the process of getting a Christmas tree bringing it into the house 
and them unwinding it and the branches just like shoot all across the house through the window because it's yeah. so large. Oh my God. It's the uh, So when he's like r- racing to the forest to get that tree, how about right before he like turns under that tractor trailer, he calls that guy driving the truck an egg timer. <laughs> <laughs> like I never knew he said that, but I had close captioning on last night when I was watching the movie. Egg timer. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I love and, how he distracts the kids to look the other way so he yeah. can flip them off. That was yeah. good, too. Yeah, that's like, you know, dad being dad before he completely flips out and, like, <laughs> lo- will lose it in front of his kids. Mm-hmm. He uh, uh, And then Rusty, like, corrects him. He's like, I think it's eat my dust, dad. And dust here. Eat my rubber. <laughs> dad, I think what you mean is burn rubber and eat my dust. Whatever, Russ. Whatever. He's like, whatever, Russ whatever like that this is such a great reaction whatever Russ also another factoid from the Wikipedia was the truck that those egg timers were in uh, was the same work truck that Kurt Russell used in Overboard get out of here no it's a fact I wonder wonder if they put the uh, mirrored naked body mud flaps on for this movie or if they were on Kurt's truck is that's a as good well. question also how does a truck just like I guess just sits it around in a, in a lot like a movie studio lot <laughs> right. waiting to be reused yeah it's like it parked not even on blacktop it's like parked out in the field behind the lot and it's just <laughs> yeah. rusting the other part that I've noticed for the very first time was when Clark was talking to a co-worker about his bonus and he was talking about a project he was working on at the office and essentially, his big project was to make cereal non-soggy when sitting in milk. He was making cereal varnish. And that was the first right. time I've ever realized that that was his job. Yeah, it's funny. The, all the words, all the, like the, uh, the verbiage and nouns, adjectives they use to describe what they're inventing. Like, uh, he uses non-caloric a lot. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> It's a non-caloric, uh, you know, cooking spray five thousand times more slippier yeah. than cooking spray or something. So such an odd job to have, yeah. and and also like the crux of the movie is he put seventy five hundred dollars down on a, on a on a pool for the family because he's expecting the yearly bonus that he's gotten for seventeen years. And what do you think his bonus is? What do you think the size oh, of his bonus is? I, I got to tell you, like when it comes out that he put a, a deposit down that couldn't cover it, I felt kind of like, okay, in my life. I was like, okay, so not everybody has a check they could write for 7500 right now. That's yeah. good. For, that's good for me. It's good for my family. <laughs> but that bonus must be a good chunk. Like It's got to be. So maybe I would say... 12 to 15 grand. Because at the end, when the boss agrees to not press charges because Eddie kidnapped him, he tells Clark that he's like, you'll get your bonus back and uh, yeah. plus 20%. 20%. <laughs> right, yeah. And then Clark faints again. So I was like, oh my God, what size is this bonus? Yeah. That he would, that an extra 20% would make him faint. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good chunk of money. 10, I'd say 10 to 15, mm. I'd say around there somewhere. God bless. After taxes. I loved the the scene where he had, he's watching the home movies up in the attic and he gets locked up in there 
and the family yeah. like leaves and he uh, there's a ton of great chevy chase work in that scene where he's trying to peek out the the window he couldn't figure out whether to look at the top through the top or the bottom of that <laughs> right slanted window it's total like in the in the scene in the moment chevy chase right there man mm-hmm. yeah when he's looking at the the home movies and that's where it kind of like reinforces where he was laying in bed with helen and he says uh um, you know, I always wanted a big family and stuff like that. And it's just like him as a kid and all these older adults around him in, and somewhat like I, I, I wasn't quite sure who everybody was on the home videos. Cause if a lot of those grown men, if one of at least one of those grown men was his dad, his dad was kind of a prick <laughs> right. in the past, but now he's nicer cause he's maybe he's old and retired. Yeah, His dad was a great character in this film. Yeah, he was. Especially when Clark was working hard on the lights, that amazing scene where he calls everyone out, it doesn't work, he starts freaking out. How powerful is that scene as an aside? Was his daughter going to bat for him? Oh, yeah. Felt yep. so good. Yeah, that I, I specifically wrote down that scene as uh, a real family moment where I would kill a man to have to have a moment like that where like you just fail so hard. And every member of your immediate family comes over and tries to make you feel better, like yeah. one by one. Like, oh my God, that was so good. Yeah. So it and, just felt so good. And to defend him, you know, to at the outside of your core family, you know what I mean? Like it might be mm-hmm. Ellen's parents or Clark's parents, but to have your immediate core family like go to bat for you and like defend you, like they might not like you or they might make fun of your work, but... Right. You, know, you only the Griswolds as a family can, can do that. that. It was great. The next door neighbors, Julia Louis Dreyfus and I believe the principal from USA High. If you remember, <laughs> oh my gosh. If you remember that show. Wow. <laughs> Brings back memories of Phase Pod season 3. Look out. <laughs> what stereo did they have in that house that got destroyed by the ice? That thing looked insane. Like the surface area that this these components needed, it was like a seven foot counter you needed for this stereo that maybe played one compact disc. <laughs> like, yeah, that could muster the power to run it. Yeah, it was like so yuppie-ish. It looked like a bunch of Atari 5200s like connected <laughs> together, but it was so like modern and yuppie. I... I uh, I would love to know what these minimalistic but very many stereo component pieces did. Yeah. Oh my god, I'd read a I'd read a book about that stereo system immediately. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. The way that they dressed was just so oh my god, of the moment. Yeah. They, the way the little like he wore kind of like house slippers, like the, I don't know what kind of shoes. They were like penny loafer house slippers. <laughs> and oh my god, they just I was revolted by them. He had slicked back hair. It reminded me of, uh, I mean, he could have been the inspiration for David Duchovny in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. (laughs) They played the same character, essentially. But uh, these two, yeah, they're so, like, stereotypical, like, movie stuff. But, I mean, was their car considered a luxury vehicle in 1989? (laughs) What was it? Because that thing looked like a Ford Tempo. 
but these people were seemingly well off with their slick back hair yeah and their uh you running know, suits yeah their their space age running suits <laughs> and their clean canteens 30 years before mm. their time they had it going on i mean they were uh perfect foils for clark because i i love how you know as as uh wild and goofy as clark is he's got the confidence to just stand up to these people he's not intimidated by them Mm. by their uh you know their stature in life or their you know possible positions whether they might hold sway or have any sort of power over him or not he's completely like nonplussed or not phased against having these people as neighbors where i would be i might be a little intimidated by these people you know and uh you know possibly get bullied into you know into shaving your beard exactly if they told me to shave my beard i you know i would probably shave it for them (laughs) and you know not uh and put up my house lights and and you know uh, keep my lawn clean or whatever they the it's so true because any other movie you would see them that main character kind of like uh, tail between their legs and Mm -hmm. for 90 percent of the movie and then they do something maybe like badass at the end of the movie. Right. But it doesn't even really happen like that at all here. They kind of just get their own comeuppance just from random happenstance of events happening around the Griswold house. And <laughs> right. Clark is still his own man during the whole movie. And they are all telling those neighbors to go F themselves. It's amazing. I have a one one note when he punts Santa. I thought that was an amazing <laughs> kick. It, I don't know how many takes they did of that one. If that was the first take, it was perfect. My kids cracked up at that one when I watched it. Too. <laughs> I also have Eddie in quotation marks when Eddie arrives. Oh, man. Oh, my God. What a character. What a character Randy Quaid is. The, the <laughs> most infamous man Isn't on the he, planet. like, arrested for, you know, yeah. like, grand theft or something with his... his his spouse i don't know what is going on yeah, in I real life he, yes i thought he was like living in the mountains of canada because he could never show his face around again like <laughs> he's so, essentially eddie in real life i feel right, like exactly he's uh he's commandeered an rv and he's got to pull over and empty the shitter when the shitter's full oh into a sewer grate somewhere yeah, that's not like, safe at all the scene where they they like close up on his face as he's emptying the <laughs> toilet for like five minutes. They just do a close up on his face. It is like there are some of the most vile scenes. Like if you just take some of these shots out of context, they could be considered some of the most gruesome in cinema. <laughs> Eddie's close up emptying the uh, the RV toilet is one of them. The uh, the scene where Clark goes to cut the turkey and that alien carcass splits open that turkey the is air not, lets out yeah oh and like the meat is all like spider webbed in there it's dis- oh. it's, it's disgusting it's disgusting and eddie's rv alone is like it's it looks like it was this did did wikipedia mention anything about the rv being the same rv from the hills have eyes like it's the same exact one because no. that thing was disgusting I think at that point it's December 18th because my next line mm-hmm. is they are there December 18th exclamation point. <laughs> and uh, Eddie eventually changes out of his regular clothes into the house. His, his Christmas, his first Christmas outfit is a white sweater over a black turtleneck. <laughs> and oh my, 
He is, he's in amazing shape. I don't know what's going on yeah. with his, his body type, but I couldn't keep my <laughs> eyes off him. I mean, that the clothes wore him. Yeah. Like they yeah. were just tapered around every sort of uh, muscle and in, in his core. Like they wore, they wrapped tightly and snugly around mm-hmm. Randy Quaid. <laughs> I uh, wrote a note about the, the swimsuit fantasy was great. Um, with the with the gal at the pool, where yeah. she's like slowly undressing, and I, 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 this is one of those scenes where growing up, you never know what you missed on cable television version. It started getting uh, so my kids were in the room for that, and I started like getting nervous because <laughs> I didn't know, like you know, in the what first two vacation movies, there's total boobs yeah, in both a lot. movies, and this one I was like, you know, it, there's side boob. There's rear. How far are we going to go with this? You know what I mean? It's a, it's definitely way more family oriented, you know, movie. And it's a, I guess it's a Christmas movie, so it shouldn't be boobs. I don't know if that's a rule. Right. You don't it's know. It's a cinema rule. The one note that I had that is just another Chevy Chase, you know, body acting moment where she throws her, her bottom at the window and his head like reacts to it because yeah, he's behind the window. Funny. Oh boy, amazing! <laughs> also, the way he's standing in front of the window when the Eddie's daughter wakes up in the middle of the night and and thinks he's Santa Claus, he's like up against the wall, like he's being arrested. <laughs> his palms are up in the air against the wall. His feet are at like cl- as close as you can get. Who knows what he's doing to that wall? <laughs> the other note that I had um, when they're celebrating he reads the night before christmas he has a touching scene with his dad and the dad says oh this is your house it's you know it's yeah, your job to read it i thought that was sweet. great that mm-hmm. was super sweet and the uh, the talk when uh eddie's daughter caught him at the window like the talk he gave her that was so sweet because he basically like reassured her he's like you're here you're gonna have a christmas you don't have to worry about Mm. you know santa not coming here yeah like it was i don't know it was really great because you know they showed up uninvited but he's not going to let these kids who christmas is so special to him and he knows how christmas could be for kids you know what i mean like he's not going to let that ruin her her mm-hmm. and her brother's christmas it's just good guy clark yeah that's what it comes down to so the squirrel scene, one of the best in modern memory when a squirrel is loose in that house mm-hmm. and everyone is on edge. Ch- uh, Clark's pushing over his mom trying to get away from this <laughs> deadly squirrel in the house. Oh, my God. Amazing. Un- uncle Lewis is like the biggest a-hole dirtbag uncle yeah. ever. Like that guy... He's in things, you know, that guy, that guy's been in things, but I don't think he's ever been more creepy than he has in Christmas Vacation. Mm. Like, he's been yeah. in uh, My Blue Heaven. <laughs> he was like I the pet store to... owner. Oh, he looks like a total pet store owner. Yeah, person, oh God, too. totally. I wouldn't want to be in a room with him alone. <laughs> no just way. imagine no. the conversations you get roped into that you just want to have no part in whatsoever. Yeah, like anti-Semitic or otherwise like yeah just go there you know what i mean and he's and the nerve of him like lighting up a cigar let alone right next to the christmas tree who that hasn't been watered in (laughs) since he cut it down we talked about the kidnapping they kidnap his boss to get the the holiday bonus back but of course clark good guy clark didn't have anything to do with it really Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was really taken aback by 
just the the whole picture in general, Clark being so normal, like the every man, the every family man, mm-hmm. and the the resolution of the film is just him getting through the the relatives coming over, getting through the holiday without murdering anyone. And I just thought it was so touching. I was really surprised that by the end how much I like connected with it this time around. You know, I probably watch it, you know, once a season, but I don't you're right. Like after he came through and the money came through, like the love that was being shared in that house was just like, you know, this is what Christmas is all about. It's not um it's worth the fuss, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know you're going to have run-ins with relatives. You know it's a pain in the A to set everything up for them and to wait on them hand and foot and like get get ready for the party and get ready for Christmas Eve and then clean up for it. But like it's those moments where it's like it's kind of all worth the trouble, you know what I mean? Right. As crazy as it sounds. And and they really convey that in this movie. Your tree in your house, I think, is the same size as those Grid- Griswold's tree. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they hand out saws on property when you get there, so it's not like uh, <laughs> I had to, like, did he dig that tree by hand and, like, by the boots and all? <laughs> I like, don't know how they got that tree out of there. We put our tree up uh, today. Really? You know? How'd it go? We beat the rain, and we uh, we got it in the house. So we have a stand where... It's like a peg, and then there's like legs. So at the at the tree farm, they will like drill a hole up the center of the trunk, uh, and but they will like center it first. It'll be all centered, and then they'll drill a hole up. And for those not can't see my video, which is any <laughs> very no sexual. one, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so they're like, you know, does it look straight? Does it look right? I'm like, yeah, it looks, you know, looks great. And and uh, they drill it, so we get it in the house. And it's all like taut and like wrapped up in netting, so it's like a big cylinder. We put it down on this peg, and it's not, mm. it's not self steadying. You know what I mean? If we let go of this tree, it's going to flop right over. So we're like, okay, well, we got to make some, make some adjustments right now. So, so I cut the netting off, which is usually you know something I don't do until I get it a little more in position cut the netting off to see if that would balance everything out and it doesn't balance out oh god so uh you know I go into the uh, garage scrambling because I don't have tools I don't have things I need to like <laughs> do things you know what I mean <laughs> like I have nothing so I'm like ripping fishing string out of uh one of my son's spider-man fishing rods oh my god i'm like feeding that out of the reel because that's what i need i need something strong and taut and other than that i have like big thick yellow rope Uh that would like that would look like stick out like a sore thumb on this tree so i'm like i tie i tie the uh the Christmas tree up. We're decorating it tonight. I got the lights on. And then I'm sitting there watching my kids like decorate the tree and, and drop and shatter glass ornaments all over. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I hear like a, tick, like oh, a, and I look snap. up and I see like this taut fishing string is like recoiled. <laughs> like it's slinked back. It's recoiled against the nail. It was like, it was uh, fastened to. And my tree just, and like flops right over oh my god like last year 
it was up for a couple weeks before it fell, but it <laughs> fell last year too. Um, but this year, I mean, it fell right over. And I was like, man, I, I just got everything. I got the lights on it and everything. I can't even imagine. I can't, for, at first, I can't even imagine like having to tie a Christmas tree to a wall <laughs> right. to ensure that it won't collapse and kill somebody. Like, but why? then also having to do everything a second time. Ugh. So the only thing I can do, because I don't have things that people need to do things, is I just like triple up on the fishing string. <laughs> I don't know hmm. what else to do. It's six pound test, which I guess is not enough to hold up a oh heavy God. Christmas tree with ornaments on it. What kind of bottom is it? Because we had one, I talked Amanda into getting one of those, like she had a tree stump holder that I hated. It was like just, you know, those like metal twist rods. They were a pain in the ass to turn. Yeah. So I talked into her into getting, I tried to like look on Amazon to see what the highest rated christmas tree holder was and it was like this weird you know it was like a bowl, upside down bowl that essentially like tightened around the tree supposedly like you just like move it around and jostle it and it like locks into the tree whoa it, it didn't do what it was supposed to do it was just a total piece of junk and i hated it, it was like honestly like we just fixed our dryer and putting a tree up last year was one of the hardest things we've ever had to do together <laughs> But tension's think, running high. Attention! Oh my god, tensions are running super high. Your son just like asking you why the iPad isn't working at the time, or <laughs> asking where the food is, saying he wants mac and cheese while we're both holding up a sappy tree. <laughs> right. Thankfully, we realize that James is allergic to pine needles, so we're not get, we're done with uh, oh, real gosh. trees. My dad is too. I guess it runs in our family. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. So you've had real trees up until this year. He like gets kind of like allergy ish towards the latter stages of the season. Mm -hmm. And I think this year we're just not even going to bother. We're just going to put up a, I mean, cause we've had fake trees in, in the past. Mm -hmm. So I think the last couple of years we've done a real tree and started to put two and two together. Those pre-lit trees look pretty dynamite mm. nowadays. You know what I mean? You don't even have to, you don't even have to string lights on your fake tree. Oh you just God. come with lights on them. I saw a deal at Home Bella. Depot for like, Eighty dollar, uh, pre-lit oh, fake man. Christmas tree at Home Depot on Black Friday. I wanted it so bad. It was Black that's, Friday deals. That's total Clark move right there. No TVs, <laughs> no, no uh, switch deals. I wanted it to see. I had my eye on so many TV deals this year. It wasn't even funny. Did you really? Because we, I made the catastrophic error last year of buying a a door buster. Oh boy. And uh, it was like a Vizio doorbuster, but the, for whatever reason, we must have got a lemon because I have to physically reboot this TV every night that I want to watch it. What? Like the, the remote doesn't turn on, the button doesn't turn on. I have to go and unplug it out of bed and plug it back in and then go back into bed. Sometimes it doesn't even work that time. Then I have to get back out of bed again. Oh, man. But Amanda no was not having it, me looking up a Samsung I mean, they're, they're so cheap. There was like a Samsung 4K for like two ninety nine. So cheap. That is, and and you know, like with Samsung, at least you're you get you're getting the quality of the name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get what you pay for, and if you you, you got to reboot a TV, I, who does that? It's I've never insane. heard of anyone doing that. I'm like afraid to Google that because I feel like a moron. Anyone should, else reboot their Vizio TVs? You should look into. Uh, 
plugging that TV into a smart plug. That way you could just like flip the switch on the smart oh plug my. with your phone. Oh, God. Matt, this is real. <laughs> this is the doorbuster you need. <laughs> Did you see Ikea makes smart plugs now? They're like $13. Whoa. But they're not a home kit ready for those iOS users out there. I've had a Samsung LCD downstairs. We moved it to a second room. Uh, I've had that maybe for like 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never had a problem. I'm just waiting for the day where it just like a puff of smoke appears behind the TV and yeah. it just is kaput. <laughs> but for now, it's like great. 720p TV, 40 inch. Man. Yeah. Runs like a dream. I have the, uh, so I have a Panasonic Plasma. I got probably an 08. That's our main TV. And that wow. sucker, like that sucker, sucker's been uh, around longer than the big, huge CRT I got with S-Video that we were talking about last episode <laughs> to uh, feed my, you know, DVD player habit. This oh sucker God. has been around longer than that. It's only got two HDMI inputs. Uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, f- I, I got to, I got to flip flop the switch and the DVD player mm. uh, back and forth. Uh, I got to reach it's back terrible. there, but it's, is what it is. It's not dying. What's the it's thing with plasmas? They just like reflect the screen is like more reflective than LCDs. Was that their thing? I can't remember. It's like more glassy. It was more glassy and it was uh, maybe burninable. It's burninable, yeah. I heard that it's not burninable if you cover it with a TV blanket from halfdoubledesign.com where you can get winter scarves, dyed yarn, little cute taco, yarn monsters, and more. Not only that, but use code PODCAST to get 20% off your next order. Amanda's waiting to hear from you, and you won't regret it. Halfdoubledesign.com. It's burninable, and it's, I think, the action, like, on a TV, on, like, sports is more choppy. Oh, I see. I think. I don't know. It's such an old, like, a plasma. They don't even make plasmas anymore, I don't no. think. We got an also we got another doorbuster I think the year before last. It's like a 60-inch Vizio. And we got the, some kind of silly deal for that cuz it fits into like the bookcase. Oh yeah. In that's that an, fireplace room just that's perfectly. That's a really nice size TV. The viewing angles, I think the viewing angles was like the one thing I didn't research for that TV. They're not very good. Mm-hmm. Like once I moved into the kitchen, it, it's like there's a pinkish hue. It's like someone threw pink paint on the TV. <laughs> Or like parts of the TV are dying at a certain point, <laughs> but stink. <laughs> no, I had to gauge myself to suggest to Amanda that we replace our sixty-inch two-year-old TV. We we can't consistently have doorbuster TVs in the bedroom. And first, we had like this. It was like a nineteen-inch flat screen that was old, old. And then I think two years ago, Monique went out for some doorbuster action and it was it, i think it's like a 27 inch mm. but it's so f- high up and so far away from her bed <laughs> that especially when it comes to fire tv font there's <laughs> nothing i can read on that fire tv <laughs> like the, the amazon text is terrible close captioning is tiny uh-huh. and then uh, the other night i tried i booted up Crunchyroll to watch some anime <laughs> and uh the subtitles on that forget about it like forget Constant. Oh my god that's ideal 40 inch two hundo for that bedroom see you're 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 speaking my gosh you're speaking you're speaking music to my ears and then i might did as well you, just get an xbox in there did you get any uh deals this year 
Did you keep an eye out on anything? No, I got nothing. Mm. Got nothing. Wow. Just to wait and see if that big bonus comes in. <laughs> How about um, his boss got it right when mm. he said he could have the bonus back. He t- introduces it to his wife. This is Clark W. Griswold. Yeah. I thought that was like, ah, oh, he got it right. That's yeah, nice. yeah. How about the uh, when Clark brings him a Christmas present? And it's the same exact like <laughs> wrapped gift that he got. There's 10, 10 copies of whatever that is. Probably some sort of Six Flags memorabilia. <laughs> Something. Just like old times with Dale, before you hit fast forward and go to your next podcast, there is a bonus happening right now. Dale and I used to do another podcast called The Flap it was like once a year took us forever to get together and do it but uh that podcast was essentially the trials and tribulations of being modern day fathers i know you're like oh that's not that hard um some of the topics from other episodes were dale getting a vasectomy and there's also a, another episode that was a classic where dale recounted a story where he crapped his pants as an adult if those things sound exciting to you to listen to this hour-long bonus episode from this recording is for you but you can find a link to that podcast in the show notes again it's called the flap you can just search for that in your podcast app of choice last thing i'll say say it every episode i think if you enjoyed this take a second to share this episode on instagram share it on twitter share it with your friends in a private text or whatsapp or facebook messenger um let them know you dig it let let them know you you think they'll dig it this conversation about christmas vacation a lot of people like it a lot of people love it like dale and i and, and they might too goodbye